Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of June 2011. Newcomers should go into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com, help yourself to the free downloads of audios, there's hundreds there, and hopefully you'll learn about the big system, the superstructure around the world we call the New World Order, all the organizations, foundations, big bankers, very important people, and so on, who really run the world's program and plan the future as their parents planned, your, your parents' future, and going way back into quite some time ago. It's been going on for an awful long time because the world order is always new. We see they get you used to the next part of it, the next part, the next part. You can't hold on to power unless you're controlling the future. You'd lose it eventually along the way because somebody else would come along with some other scheme and away it would go. So you always make sure that the world follows the plan that you have laid out for it. And that's what we're living through. And it's, it's no conspiracy theory because those involved in it often write books about it and they love to write memoirs and they tell you about their great part that they played in shaping this future for you. So help yourself learn who they all are, where it's all to go, why the things are happening today the way they are, why in this wonderful utopia they're bringing in, some people are more equal than others. And you'll find all of that if you read their memoirs and listen to the audios. I give you the various books' names along the way, and hopefully you can make up your own minds as to what's really happening. And remember, too, that you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on guests who really advertise uh, under the guise of, of informing you. Uh, most hosts make their money that way. They, they have to. A lot of them are married, etc. Some of them are businesses. But this is not a business. So it's up to you to keep me going. Uh, because, as I say, if I wanted to go the advertising route, I could certainly take it. I'd be kind of laughing. I'd get some staff in here and put my feet up once in a while. But uh, I'm doing it the suicidal way. And uh, it's up to you, as I say, to keep me going. You can buy the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And you can, from the U.S. to Canada, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order. You can send cash through the post. And you can also use PayPal. Uh, just send, use uh, the, the donation button you'll see in the com site and follow it with an email with name, address, and order. And I'll get it out to you. And across the rest of the world... You've got Western Union, MoneyGram, and you have PayPal again uh, using the donation button. Remember, straight donations, too, are very, very welcome because we're all feeling the pinch as you go through this uh, this very well-controlled hyperinflation. They won't say hyperinflation until uh, maybe next year sometime or maybe the end of this year, but we'll eventually get there because we owe money across the whole planet, uh, all the first world countries, that is, because, you see, the plan is to now bring up uh, some of the other countries, the favorite countries, and it's their turn to dominate. It's still owned by the same people, though, mind you, who already dominate us, 
and we have to go down as we pay for them coming up through our tax money and massive grants to big businesses and international corporations, which will be based in India, Brazil, and elsewhere, just like we did with China. China didn't bring itself up by the bootstraps. Uh, They were funded into existence. The West trained their engineers, and then the World Trade Organization, through treaties and all the the, the traitors uh, in your own governments, uh, signed the deals, and your factories and businesses moved over to China. And that was all done really in the open. Most folk at the time have no interest in what's really happening in the world. They've been trained to look at sports and trivia and that kind of thing. So they have no real uh, knowledge of what's going on. They didn't even notice for quite a few years, most of them, that everything was made in China until you pointed out to them. And even then, there's no interest. Like, how did that happen? No, there's just nothing there. Just that glazed look and, you know, on they go with their sports. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. This world's a, a very difficult place to understand if you truly believe the media and you've had no background knowledge on the events they're even talking about in the media because you understand it's all perception management. You can, just like school and, and little toolkits to teach you a certain thing, uh, they omit maybe half the story, the other side of the story, and leave you with one side of the story, knowing you'll come to the desired conclusions, and that's generally fixed for life in your mind. Uh, that's with most major topics, in fact. Well, it's the same as the media. They can completely alter the perception and the spin on it by omitting half of the other side of the story or a lot of the, the other details which would give you the full picture. It's not meant that you have the full picture. And during World War II... For instance, um, in fact, before World War II, the big boys talked and, and wrote about the need for a world government. Uh, the League of Nations was set up in the hope of, of forming that and bringing it in. And um, World War I, they hoped, would bring all the countries to their knees financially and every other way. And they'd be devastated, which a lot of them were in, in Europe, in fact. Some of the countries were devastated. And... Um, they thought they would bring them to their knees and they'd give up and all blend in together and bring in this Marxian world dominated by the big banks on top. And they almost got their way, but the U.S. didn't, uh, even though they were the ones that were led in as the, the new knight in shining armor, you know, hadn't been involved in foreign wars before like that across in Europe. And uh, even though Wilson was picked to be the front man by his British handlers and that he certainly was handled by Britain through Lord Grey, for the Milner Group that became the Royal Institute of International Affairs and through Mandel House, uh, even though he was a, the lead man for it. And by the way, Bernays was there too to do all the PR work for it as well. A very young man at the time. It shows you he was taught very early, probably from birth, for his particular role in the world. And eventually, um, the American people themselves didn't want it. They knew there was something very fishy about giving up sovereignty. However, they said they need another war, and H.G. Wells said that we need another war. They haven't gotten on their knees yet. And bingo, they fund uh, Adolf Hitler and set that up, and they funded the Soviet Union too, and they had their war, and they still didn't quite get what they wanted. 
because that generation at the dollar fighting weren't quite willing to give up sovereignty after being told through massive propaganda, go off and fight for your culture, your freedom, and your way of life. And, uh, of course, this whole idea of, of um, internationalism is to destroy your culture and your traditions and your way of life. So they have to wait a while longer and push it through the schooling systems uh, step by step, the long-term Fabian approach. And that's why the Fabian society is so important to those that rule the world. Anyway, here's an article here on the International Monetary Fund, which, like all of these wonderful-sounding things, to help people is, has the opposite effect, since it's the opposite purpose. And it says, IMF financial terrorism. In July 1944, the IMF and the Bank for Reconstruction and Development, which is now the World Bank, were established to integrate developing nations into the global North-dominated world economy in ways other than initially mandated. Under a new post-war monetary system, the IMF was created to stabilize exchange rates linked to the dollar and bridge temporary payment imbalances. The World Bank was to provide credit to war-torn developing countries, Both bodies, in fact, proved hugely exploitive, using debt entrapment to transfer public wealth to Western bankers and other corporate predators. On a grander scale today, the scheme destructively obligates indebted nations to take new loans to service old ones, assuring rising indebtedness and structural adjustment harshness, including privatization of state enterprises. That's what IMF does when it comes into your country. Privatizing of state enterprises, many sold for a fraction of their real value. Uh, Mass layoffs, that's what they always do in the public sector and various other places. Deregulation, uh, deep social spending cuts, wage freezes or cuts, unrestricted free market access for Western corporations, corporate-friendly tax cuts, tax increases for working households, uh, crushing trade unionism and harsh repression against opposition to a system incompatible with social democracy, civil and human rights. As a result, bankers and other corporate predators strip mine countries of their material wealth and resources, shift them from public to private hands. That's public-private partnerships. It's all part of that, too. Crush democratic values, hollow out nations into backwaters, destroy middle-class societies, and turn workers into serfs if they manage to have any means of employment. In other words, perpetual debt bondage substitutes for freedom. A race to the bottom follows, an elite few benefit at the expense of the many, and trap nations henceforth uh, forced to pay homage to their money masters, effectively handing over their sovereignty. And John Pilger did a lot of documentaries about this very technique used across uh, parts of the world and how the IMF will support dictators uh, or even put their own dictator in and uh, literally um, half the, 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 the wages of the public there, or even less, and have them working like slaves, like they did in Indonesia and elsewhere. So it's just in Malaysia. So it's just quite something to see. So I'll put this link up tonight and cuttingthroughthematrix.com at the end of the broadcast. And you understand that this is a, this is not a, an area of social life that hasn't been, it's not dominated by a particular organization or a few organizations all working together in this big world governmental system. And in Britain, it's collectivism. They're using a form of collectivism and they call it communitarianism, a term first heard by the public by George Bush Sr. in one of the speeches he made. And this one is from Britain. It says, localism bill makes further progress. They like to muddy the waters by giving it different terms for the same thing. 
So the government has said it is prepared to consider further changes to its flagship localism bill, which contains proposals for major planning reform, including a new tier of land use plans at neighborhood level. You see, eventually in your little neighborhood, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll have a little Soviet uh, system there where a leader will be uh, presented to you, not elected, and he'll go off to the World Bank and borrow money for your area, and you will have to pay off all uh, the loans, you see, uh, on a low level. And that's a get, that gets it off the, the government's back. However, you're still paying all of the taxes you're presently paying to the federal government as well and to the EU Parliament. You've got these two big ones to, to pay for now. Now your third one is for your local level as well, and much bigger payments will be needed because you'll pay too for the, the, the corporation's factories to be built and stuff like that, or whatever else, whatever kind of business they put in there. And um, it's not democratic because the new system is not meant to be democratic. The Club of Rome said that they, f- they favored, uh, of all the systems that they studied, they favored the collectivism uh, system, and they they liked the Russian model really because everyone obeyed the federal government. Of course, you did or you did kill you, but um, uh, they could simply there's not there's no arguments from the general public. You weren't allowed to argue, and that's what you're under today. There's no such thing as democracy, as you can well see. Uh, simply diktats coming down from the top and you do what you're told. So, as I say, the Club of Rome is one of the big think tanks for the United Nations and many of its members interlap with other organizations, world organizations, including the Bilderbergers. And, in fact, some of their stuff uh, is read off every year at the Bilderbergers meeting Uh, because, as I say, they are the ones who said we cannot have a democratic society. It doesn't work. And that's what you're in today. You're under authoritarianism. And I'll put these links up too. Now, I've mentioned before how step by step every generation is trained from birth, even from cartoons, by the way. They have them for, for very young people, even before they can speak, get the images in their mind of certain thing, things, and, uh, and then they give them propaganda through comedies and, and cartoons and things like that. And I've said for years that the, 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 a whole generation were bred uh, really to serve this new system. They were the ones to grow up and get uniforms on, the black ones or the ones that they use overseas in the army, and go after the general public and do what they're told. They want to be with the winners. That's all they do in video games is, is kill folk and win. And uh, your guys in the brotherhood, the black uniforms, must always win. That's all there is to do with a video game. And these were meant, remember, for the military. They were for to desensitize the people from killing. Most folk don't uh, naturally take to killing and they have to be taught uh, and, and uh, conditioned to kill automatically. And that's what video games are for. So one generation were, were raised in it for an army that would go across the world slaughtering folk uh, for the banks and so on under many guises. And the other ones were to be at home, uh, uh, taking lots of steroids, getting awful fat, and, um, and, and shooting everybody they see. I've had so many articles here on cops shooting people, I just, uh, I won't even bother reading them off. But that's the new way, obviously. And there's no inquiry, because the only inquiries they ever do, if uh, the public complain at all, is to have the police investigate themselves, and that's it. But part of the, the training, too, is for this big society they keep talking about. It's to be worldwide, not just in Britain. And they're training the schools. They've already trained one generation who don't complain, by the way, when they go to the airports because they're used to scanners. But as they go further and further and further, we're the ones growing up now. So it'll all be quite normal to them. 
And it says, school surveillance, how Big Brother spies on pupils. And it says, uh, every day in communities across the United States, children and adolescents spend the majority of their waking hours in schools that increasingly have come to resemble places of detention more than places of learning. And that's so true. That is so true. Even with their groupthink and all the rest of it, and psychology and Pavlovian training goes on. From metal detectors to drug tests, from increased policing to all-seeing electronic surveillance, the schools of the 21st century reflect a society that has become fixated on crime, security, and violence. Well, that's the purpose of it, to train them for more to come, because you're going to have perpetual war. And that means perpetual terrorism. Even though they can't find it, they'll create it or whatever, but they've got to make you think that's going to go on forever. Remember what Carl Quigley said, you can get more done on a social level. He says, wars aren't just for profit. That's a big part of it for the big corporations. But he said that wars are also meant to change societies. He says you can get more social change done in five years of war than 50 years using propaganda. So perpetual war and terrorism. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about the new system, the, the training the school children through. Uh, it's an ongoing system and really being patted down, going through security scanners and all the rest of it, because it's to get worse and worse, and that's to be the normal for them growing up, which will mean that when they're adults they'll think it's all quite natural uh, for all this to get even worse, I suppose. And it says, so reads a passage from the opening pages of Lockdown High, a new book by San Francisco-based journalist Annette Fuentes, subtitled When the Schoolhouse Becomes the Jailhouse. It tells a story that decisively began with the Columbine shootings of 1999, and from across the U.S., the text cites cases that are mind-boggling, such as a high-flying student from Arizona who was strip-searched because ibuprofen was not allowed under her school rules. They've done it for aspirin as well. The school in Texas where teachers can carry concealed handguns and most amazing of all, the Philadelphia school that gave its pupils laptops equipped with a secret feature allowing them to be spied on outside classroom hours. Just about all the schools Fuentes writes about are unified by a belief in that most pernicious of principles called zero tolerance. Their scanners, cameras and computer applications are supplied by U.S. security industry that seems to grow bigger and more insatiable every year. Well, of course it is because it's big, big business. And as she sees it, their neurotic emphasis on security has plenty of negative results. It renders the atmosphere in schools tense and fragile and in coming down hard on young people for the smallest of transgressions threatens to define their life chances at an early age. Because as she puts it, suspensions and academic failure are strong predicators of entry into the criminal justice system. There is also, of course, the small matter of personal privacy. It would be comforting to think that all of this is as, as a particularly American phenomenon, but in the UK we seem almost as keen on turning schools into authoritarian fortresses. Well, that is the agenda, folks. This is the, this is the future for the planet for the, next, for the next 30, 40, maybe 50 years. 
Scores of schools have on-site campus police officers. One in seven schools has insisted on students being fingerprinted so they can use biometric systems for the delivery of lunches and school libraries. Security systems based on face recognition have already been piloted in 10 schools, and on-site police officers are now a common feature of the education system. Most ubiquitous of all are CCTV cameras, in keeping with our national love affair with video surveillance. 85% of secondary schools are reckoned to use it, even in changing rooms and toilets. Well, I'll tell you, it would not be me. It would not be an awful lot of vandalism if I was back at school. And there would be. So just as the U.S. uh, is home to such school security firms such as Scholar Chip and Raptor Technologies, so we have an array of companies who can equip schools with a truly Orwellian array of kit. BioStore offers fingerprint-based ID systems to schools and assures any potential takers that children's dabs are encrypted into a string of numbers that cannot be used to recreate a fingerprint image nor used in forensic investigation. CCTV, CCTV Anywhere's website features a hooded youth with a spray can straight out of central casting and a claim that its cameras can help with, uh, with help with everything from bullying to settling legal claims against staff. There's also Classwatch, a CCTV firm which claims it can produce dramatic improvements in behavior. It's all about behavior modification. You see, we're all under this, this gun of behavior modification. You're getting that when you watch movies today, by the way, if you don't know it. Until recently, its chairman was a, a conservative MP called Tim Lawton. As if to signal the links that run between such firms and our policymakers, he is now Under Secretary of State for Children. They all work together, these whatever you want to call them. Now, as a surveillance state embeds itself in the lives of millions of children, the education bill currently making its way through Parliament provinces to extend teachers' powers to search pupils to the point that, as a pressure group liberty puts it, they will be proportionate to terrorism investigations. Maybe they'll waterboard them too, and that will become normal. Teachers will be able not just to seize phones and computers, but wipe them off any data if they think there is a good reason to do so. A move of a peace with new powers to restrain pupils and issue summary expulsions. Not surprisingly, Education Secretary Michael Gove casts all this as a matter of copper-bottom common sense. Our bill will put heads and teachers back in control, he says, giving them a range of tough new powers to deal with bullies and the most disruptive pupils, he said last year. It's kind of like, you know, when you're looking at a really bad enemy uh, who tortures the, the, their citizens, etc., and you say, well, we, we don't do that, you know. But the more you fight them, the longer you fight them, the more they take on their methods until you become the destroyer yourself. And that's what you've got. That's, you've got a sadomasochistic school system. And that's what they're training the students to, to, to go into. Because their, their work life will be much the same way when they grow up. Sadomasochism. Yes, boss. Yes, boss. Heads will be able to take a, a zero-tolerance approach. It's like the Soviet Union. You see, the Soviet Union was like that too. On paper, it's a wonderful system. It's a wonderful utopia. Everybody's smiling, happy, got good teeth and everything else. And uh, uh, But it is not meant for people to live in, for human beings to live in. That's the problem with it. So I'll put this link up as well tonight, and you can read all the rest of it for yourselves. And there's another article here. This is, from, uh, this is from Scotland. It says, uh, Scots children as young as five are being targeted by teachers in case they have been radicalized by extremist groups. No kidding. No kidding, eh? They move it. Oh, it's funny to think that adults write this stuff. 
it says the move is part of a counter-terrorism training given to staff at primary schools as part of the UK government's strategy to deal with the problem. A problem at five years of age? Teachers at a school in Glasgow contacted local politicians after undergoing the training, which aims to reduce the risk of young people becoming involved in extremism. I guess I'll never ask for a pay raise when they grow up, eh? Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about across the whole world, they're really training, at least the so-called first world countries, they're training the children for the world that they grew up into. And they've got, uh, uh, they're interrogating children as young as five now at school. This one is from Scotland. Now, the whole of Britain has utterly changed from what people used to think Britain was because most of the people who are having children now, uh, don't speak English as a first language because the, 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 the British women there were so well trained not to have children, just go out and have the material world, a career and all that. They didn't have any children. So naturally the ones that they're getting now are people from other countries. And it says this part where it's primarily a Muslim community, it says, uh, it says the teachers in school uh, in Glasgow um, contacted lo- local politicians after undergoing the training which aims to reduce the risk of young people becoming involved in extremism. The program will be rolled out to other primary schools with several secondaries and colleges also put staff through the initiative, a localised part of the government's contest, the contest counter-terror program. And it's part concern that counter-terrorism is being added to an already long list of job requirements. It's also led to accusations that teachers are being forced to spy on young children in the name of national security. Now, there's a big part of this they don't talk about. And as I say, I, I saw when they started to open the floodgates in Britain, and I, saw, and I thought to myself at the time, why from these particular countries? And I thought, that, and I told folk at the time, I said, you know, one day we'll find ourselves going to war with these countries, and these people will be uh, revolting back here. And it was like a chessboard that was set up in advance, and that's exactly what happened. Because you see, they could never have brought in a world government type system with uh, the stable populations that you had. And uh, the sort of, kind of uniform populations that you had, because everyone knew the rules, they were pretty well law-abiding, you had petty crime, that kind of stuff, normal stuff, but you didn't have anything called terrorism, uh, and um, you couldn't have brought that across the world unless you brought in massive immigration, and then you went over and bombed their parents' countries, and, and that's what they did it for. This is a world agenda, and we're not dealing with fools at the top who plan this. This is called geopolitics, for those who don't understand, don't understand the technique. It's geopolitics. Senate says um, senior officials within Glasgow City Council's education department have confirmed the staff at Glendale Primary and Pollock Shields has attended the training. Teachers later contact politicians with their concerns. The school is one of the most predominantly Muslim communities in Scotland. The revelations follow the coalition government's decision this week to scrap the prevent part of the contest strategy, which gives councils a role in fighting extremism. And they got spies all through your communities. Uh, asking your opinions, not all chats in the street corners, how would you feel about this and that, and then they're going to report it all. So this, this is a police state, police state. But again, you couldn't do it unless you did what Blair said, we must destroy uh, the British system forever so it can never go back to what it was 
by uh, bringing in the, mo- the most diverse populations into the country, and that's what they did. Nothing happens by accident in this world on a scale like that. Nothing at all happens like that. Nothing. So clever, though, isn't it? You'd admire the techniques that's used to make it all come into being. And, of course, it's okay as long as you have an endless supply of tax money for the, for the public to keep paying it all. Now, I wanted to read about the FDA. It's quite interesting. This and I mentioned before about genetics, um, eugenics, uh, depopulation. It's such a big concern of the big globalists for a long time. And no one really cared in the first world countries about it because it's always them over there that are going to be killed off, not us. And that's the big flaw in your thinking because the globalists, as I say, have no favorites. The peasant of Britain or the U.S., Canada, is no different than the peasant of China or Africa to them. And um, they, they poison us off. We know they poison us off because we have so many diseases now that are definitely food-related and uh, they've broken out since about the 50s. We've had inoculations galore, uh, and, of course, IQs go down, and everyone's allergic now. Everyone's got a compromised immune system, and it's just a big mystery as to why it's happening. It's interesting, too, that one fellow who uh, he watched um, a, a, a thing on Tony Blair when he was running for the elections, the first elections in the 90s, and Tony Blair got a top chef in, I think a Korean chef in, to entertain a whole bunch of dignitaries and impress them all. And in 1998, I think it was, and he said, and remember, I don't want any of that GM food ordered. This is before most of the public heard the word, the term GM, genetically modified food. And this is the same character that wouldn't eat it himself who pushed it on the public in Britain and made an exemption for the politicians not to eat it, so they got proper food in, natural food coming in. This is deliberate, folks. It's all deliberate. FDA, the Food and Drug Administration in the U.S., finally admits chicken meat contains cancer-causing arsenic. It says, but keep eating it, yo. It says, um, after years of sweeping the issue under the rug and hoping no one would notice, the FDA has now finally admitted that chicken meat sold in the U.S. contains arsenic, a cancer-causing toxic material that's fatal in high doses. But the real story is, where does this arsenic come from? Well, it's added to the chicken feed on purpose. Even worse, the FDA says its own research shows that the arsenic added to the chicken feed ends up in the chicken meat, where it's consumed by humans. Well, I'll tell you, this is a genius at work here. So far, the last 60 years, American consumers who eat conventional chicken have been swallowing arsenic, a known cancer-causing chemical. And this links to all the effects it has on you. Until this new study, both the poultry industry and the Food and Drug Administration denied that arsenic fed to chickens ended up in their meat. The fairy tale excuse story we've been all fed for 60 years is that arsenic is excreted in the chicken feces. There's no scientific basis for making such a claim. It's just what the poultry industry wanted everyone to believe. But now the evidence is so undeniable that the manufacturer of the chicken feed product known as Roxarson has decided to pull the product off the shelves. And the link is there about that too. It says, uh, and what's the name of this manufacturer that's been putting arsenic in the chicken feed for all these years? Pfizer. Pfizer. Big pharma business, of course. The very same company that makes vaccines containing chemical adjuvants that are injected into chicken. It's wasting two years from these chickens to inject into us. (laughs) The same boys, isn't it? I mean, can you think it's all science? 
Technically, the company making rocks are sown chicken feed is a subsidiary of, of Pfizer called Alpharma LLC. Even though Alpharma has now agreed to pull this toxic feed chemical off the shelves in the United States, it says it won't necessarily remove it from feed products in other countries unless it is forced by regulators to do so, as reported by AP. So, uh, it says, but even as this arsenic-containing product is pulled off the shelves, the FDA continues its campaign of denial, claiming arsenic in chickens is, is at such a low level that it's still safe to eat. You know, This is even as the FDA says arsenic is a cancer-causing uh, agent, meaning it increases the risk of cancer. So there's your double speak for you folks. But it's all an accident, isn't it? It's just an accident that they're poisoning you. And that's how most folk will take it. While well, nobody would really do that on purpose. I mean, I wouldn't, would you? That's how you, you, you do it. Another article here is from another site. It's called Six Real Examples of Food Terrorism. It says, The latest warning coming from the British intelligence that Al-Qaeda and other political organizations could contaminate the food supply as part of a continuing plotline that hides the obvious. Our food already has been poisoned under the auspices of oversight agencies who have been complicit in, in very real threats to the public food supply. The following toxins offered into the marketplace by corporate government collusion have contributed to far more sickness and death than E. coli or salad bar terrorists ever will. Unless, of course, the terrorists have bioengineered a superbug or it has escaped from a bioweapons lab like the one at Fort Detrick, Maryland. And then they go to pesticides. Aside from the fact that pesticides have been linked to lower IQ in children, that's altering the future potential of human society. It makes them awfully obedient, doesn't it? DDT and the cocktail of other pollutants and synthetic chemicals now include those used in GM food production, uh, such as uh, glyphosate. A glyphosate, it's called. Even more alarming is that pollutants that have been banned for decades are still present in 100% of pregnant women, while those from genetically modified food appear in 80% of unborn fetuses, which is a baby, unborn baby, I prefer that word. The presentation below offers additional analysis of the health effects, particularly on the immune system. And you wonder why you have no immune system, eh? Then, of course, one at the top of the list is fluoride. Sodium fluoride is an industrial-grade hazardous waste material. That's true. So they used to have to pay to dump it because it was so highly toxic until they thought, well, can you make money by making the idiots eat it and drink it? This is made during the production of fertilizer. It's also a, a, a waste product from the aluminum industry. Its past history includes uh, patented use as a rat poison and insecticide. So that's good enough for people to eat, though, isn't it? Isn't it pretty good? Dr. Paul Conant is leading the fight against mandatory water fluoridation. People are finally waking up to the hazards and are now demanding that governments remove this deadly poison. Let's keep in mind that it was put there with full knowledge of its toxicity and has led to massive negative health effects. Dr. Conant explains in an all-see, must-see video, and they have the, 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 the links here to that too. Mercury in both organic and inorganic form. It wreaks havoc with the nervous system, especially the developing nervous system of a child, a child or a baby here. It penetrates all living cells of the human body and has been documented most as increasing the risk of, for autism. This calls into question mercury's use in dental fillings, vaccines, and just about anything containing high fructose corn syrup. Oh, that's a killer, that one. A near staple in the American diet, including baby food. It has also been known for, actually, they actually, they actually put that stuff over a, a, a heated a tank of mercury vapor. That's what they, that's how it's done to get that fructose corn syrup. It has also been known for years that mercury fumes from CFL compact fluorescent tube lights bulbs pose a serious threat which goes far beyond eye strain, migraines, and depression. 
but still they have been pushed under the green agenda and are set to be completely phased in by 2014. And then we go on to genetically modified organisms. Monsanto owns nearly 90% of staple GMO crops, such as corn, soy, and cotton. Monsanto started as a chemical company that brought the world poisons like Agent Orange and Roundup. Independent studies of Franken food have shown a link to organ failure. It did in all the studies have done on, on uh, mammals. A Russian study has concluded near total sterility in GMO soy-fed hamsters by the third generation. So it isn't just the first generation that's eating it. It literally will hit the second and third generation. And other animal studies have shown potentially precancerous cell growth, smaller brains, livers, and testicles, partly atrophied livers and damaged immune systems, according to a comprehensive article by Jeffrey M. Smith that also highlights the process of intimidation that even well-regarded scientists have been subjected to when publishing the research. Perhaps a recent mainstream article theorizing that a massive 64% increase in bowel cancer among young people is attributable to heavy drinking and obesity should be redirected towards the rise in the prevalence of GMO. And that is true. You see that these toxic substances end up in the bowel, and that's where you end up getting bowel cancer because the the tissue there um, literally is radicalized. Their cells are radicalized by the poisons which sit there before they're excreted. Never used to have bowel cancers in places like Scotland, you know, before processed food. That was pretty well unknown. Bisphenol A, and that's, of course, part of the part of the sterility program to reduce the population. The FDA for, failed to warn the public about this chemical found in plastic packaging, including baby food containers, baby bottles, and pacifiers. Mind you, they knew about it in 1890, what it did to, to uh, mainly men, uh, really male children, as early as the fetus within the first, I think it was 8 to 12 weeks. That's when, it, that's when you're just going to decide if you're going to be a healthy male or not. And uh, the, ones, the mothers who drink a lot of this stuff and, and, and ingest it through different means, and even through their cosmetics too, it's added there as well, just to make sure they get a good dose of it. It will give them adverse effects and even sterility down the line. So I'll put, I'll put this link up as well. It goes on and on, aspartame, of course, uh, that Rumsfeld pushed through. Uh, he used to be the CEO of the company that made it. But uh, it's just astonishing that public, the public can't catch on that this is not by accident. And the, the sad thing is, too, they're so well-trained, they're domesticated like animals, that even when they hear this stuff, they'll say, oh, that's terrible. But then they'll say, then they'll go and have it, they'll eat it again. Say, well, they must really, we've got all these experts test, they wouldn't really give it to us if it harmed us. And that's, that's the double thing that they have, because they're so domesticated. They're taught not to think for themselves, you see. And that's terribly sad, isn't it? Terribly sad. Yesterday I mentioned the hedge funds grabbing land in Africa. And because that's where the, the new line for, for all their scams goes on. They've already collapsed the housing industries and, with their, and all their bubbles and the hedge funds and goodness knows what else. And now they're taking up massive, massive plots of land along uh, Africa. It says hedge funds are behind the land grabs in Africa to boost their profits in the food and biofuel sectors, a U.S. think tank says. In a report, the Oakland Institute said hedge funds and other foreign firms had acquired large swathes of African land, often without proper contracts. They said the acquisitions had displaced millions of small farmers. Well, that's nothing new to these guys. Foreign firms farm the land to consolidate their hold over global food markets, the report said. They also use land to make room for export commodities such as biofuels and cut flowers. 
This is creating insecurity in the global food system that could be a much bigger threat than terrorism, the report said. Of course, that will be totally ignored. I mean, terrorism has got to be at the top of the tree, right? The Oakland Institute said it released its findings after studying land deals in Ethiopia, Tanzania, South Sudan, Sierra Leone, Mali, and Mozambique. And it says it said hedge funds and other speculators had, in 2009 alone, bought or leased nearly 60 million hectares of land in Africa, an area the size of France. I don't know if it's a million or whatever it is, but it's hectares anyway. And that's got the rest of the story too, and you can, you can go through all that. But I mean, it's just astonishing what's going to happen. And you know too, they're going to create the food shortage. This is a must be, this food, coming food shortage, because they're all Institute for International Affairs. It's always ahead of the pack, since they work for the boys who cause all these things, and they must make it happen. Have had think tanks uh, on their own site working on this for 16 years, the coming food crisis. Nothing's, nothing's sudden. Nothing in the real world is sudden. And comes out of the blue. It doesn't happen that way in real life. Now, there's Larry in L.A. there, and the phone's hanging on. Are you there, Larry? Oh, yeah, I'll try and Alan, yeah. The word human and animal are synonymous. It's written in their uh, war on drug laws that you cannot make, manufacture, or distribute any controlled substance to any humans or other animals. So they really? consider themselves uh, in the image of their creator like a god, and the people at large are just a herd of animals to be controlled and called out as necessary. Yes, I think they're, I think that's the whole, I think you got it right on there. That's how they see the public, absolutely. Yeah. Several times in their drug laws. But, Alan, I wanted to ask you, have you heard anything? Did those uh, three high elected officials in uh, Switzerland were going to take an arrest warrant through the front gates, through the guards, and deliver it and uh, arrest Henry Kissinger for war crimes. Did they get through, or have you heard? I don't think they got through. And um, I, I don't, mind you, I think eventually they might relent and, and allow them to hand it to somebody, uh, which won't be Kissinger, of course. Um, but uh, there's no way that, that this will happen because these guys have uh, diplomatic immunity, these Kissingers, etc. Wherever they go, you can't arrest them. They have total diplomatic. In fact, they can shoot someone there and you can't arrest them. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Uh, thanks for calling. Back after this break. Folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and it's astonishing, as I say, uh, um, the articles you come across. Uh, it's behaviorism, the concept that they, they really, all the big world socialists, and that really are the kings and queens, and because that, they love socialism, and the banks love it too. It's easier for the banks to lend to whole countries than individuals, and then they own the, the country's governments, and the governments collect the taxes for the bankers to pay all back. So it's a wonderful system, but they also like behaviorism, all the things that the, 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 the George Bernard Shaw types from the Fabian Society wanted to bring in, and they've been doing it. Article here, founder of electric shock uh, treatment for autism children uh, forced to quit uh, the school he was working at. The founder of a controversial school that treats severely autistic and emotionally disturbed children by shocking them into submission with use of electrodes has been forced to quit the institution and serve five years. Probation. Probation. Can you believe this? 
But cattle prods, eh? I mean, it's not bad, eh? Like the cops are doing now, they're using these cattle prods that have got wires on them. For us, we are the animals, true enough, isn't it? Matthew Israel, a Harvard-trained psychologist, has created a treatment that's unique to the U.S. and possibly the world. No kidding, eh? The Judge Rottenberg Center, just outside Boston, disciplines its students using a punishment machine that Israel invented called the GED, which gives a two-second electric shock to the skin of up to 90 milliamps. At the center, which was profiled by The Guardian earlier this year, students wear backpacks around the clock with GED electric generators inside them and are zapped using remote control devices controlled by their carers. Carers shock you. Isn't this Orwellian, isn't it? We're getting so used to getting brainwashed with Orwellian speech here. Carers shock you. I guess that the government's hiring carers to go across the world and, 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 and uh, rehabilitate these so-called terrorists by, you know, Caring for them. In some cases, they are shocked as often as 30 times a day as a means of dissuading them from behavior deemed dangerous to themselves or others. Oh, I, I tell you, the schools will love to bring all this in, up to all the schools, eh? Oh, the big, and the big boys that give all the, the, the CCTV cameras and all the security stuff, they, they make piles of money on this too, couldn't they? The criminal charges brought against Israel relate to an incident in August 2007 at one of the school's residential homes where students sleep at night. A call came in from someone posing as an authorized supervisor who informed the cares on duty that two teenagers had misbehaved and should be given shock treatment. At 2 a.m., the boys were strapped on boards, as sounds very much like what they're doing in the military, and given multiple shocks. One of the boys, aged 18, was shocked 77 times over a three-hour period, and the other boy, aged 16, was shocked 29 times by their carers. Carers. Ah. It was later discovered that the initial call had been a hoax. The Massachusetts Attorney General Martha Coakley indicted Israel over allegations that he ordered his staff to destroy video evidence that revealed exactly what happened that night. I bet he was getting paid by the Pentagon too, little, you know, grants here and there. Prosecutors have previously ordered that the video recordings from the home were preserved. Dr. Israel then attempted to destroy evidence of the events and mislead investigators, and that conduct led to his indictment today. So he's not been indicted because he, he, he was torturing children, no. He was indicted for destroying evidence. Today's actions remove Dr. Israel from the school and should ensure better protection for students in the future, Coakley said. Well, no kidding. No kidding, eh? I bet they'll all want this across, across, I bet you anything, Napolitano will bring them into the schools too. She's also doing the same as the Scotland, trying to get the children all spying on each other in school. Maybe they'll all wear backpacks and the headmaster can sit there with all these deviants and, and sadists and shock the, the children for fun, eh? That's the world that all of you are allowing to come into existence because of your silence. From Hamish himself from Ontario, Canada, as good night to me, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>